الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم واذكر عبدنا أيوب إذ نادى ربه أني مسني الشيطان بنصب وعذاب سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم being picked first for a particular task or for a particular game for a particular event is often the desire of many people and we place a high premium on this in society as well, being the first to be able to receive a reward or to be able to receive some sort of accomplishment. The first person, for instance, at a graduation ceremony is someone that is deemed to be the most important person of that class. That many students desire that they be that first person because they want all of that attention, they want to receive that reward and that benefit at that moment. For instance, the you have you know these different sports have different drafts, and there's such a strong uh, there's such uh, a strong importance placed on who gets first pick, first pick, right? Round one, uh, first pick of the NBA draft or whichever draft it might be. There's such a premium placed on that, and it's, it's a desire of, of any athlete that's going into a sport. Even as a child, when you're splitting up teams for a particular game, for instance, you're playing on the playground, then you, set, you put everybody up against a wall, and you have two captains, and the first person that gets picked is so happy. You know, she's like thrilled. She's like, oh, I got picked first. Me? Of all people, you picked me? And she's proudly walking in front of everyone and going toward the, toward the other side. We place a, a tremendous premium on being picked first in this world. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent us into this world as a test. And there will come a day when we'll have to stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of judgment. And all of humanity will be there. Our desire should be picked to be picked first on the day of judgment to be called toward paradise. Our desire on the day of judgment to be picked first to be called toward paradise. Just like the individual who's picked first for a basketball game is thrilled and excited and proud of his accomplishment that I get to be picked first. Even more so than that, we should desire that on the day of judgment, Allah Ta'ala pick us first from amongst a group of people, from, the, from all the people and say, come, your garden is over there, it's waiting for you, your final abode. You get picked first. The Prophet says in a very profound hadith, he says, That the person that will be picked first and called toward Jannah on the day of judgment, first pick, round one. Who is the person that gets picked first on the day of judgment to go to paradise? It isn't the one that was the most regular in the masjid. Of course, that's highly rewarded and regarded. It isn't the person that had memorized the Qur'an. Of course, that's highly regarded. It isn't the person that gave all his wealth in the path of Allah. Of course, that's very highly regarded. The first person that's picked or called toward paradise on the Day of Judgment is that person that praised Allah and thanked Allah in times of ease and in times of difficulty. The person that was always constantly thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, irrespective of the circumstance that they were in, whether it be that they were living in extreme pleasure, extreme comfort, that person, يَحْمَدُونَ اللَّهَ فِي wa الْضَرَّائِ That person, if they thanked Allah 
when they had that comfort and ease, and then they were afflicted with difficulty and calamity, and yet they continue to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that person is the person that will be called to her Jannah first. That person will be called to her Jannah first. It puts things into perspective for us, right? That, that the circumstances that Allah ta'ala puts us in, it isn't, that isn't the challenge. That isn't the difficulty. The difficulty is how we respond to circumstances that Allah ta'ala puts us in. If Allah Ta'ala gives us abundant wealth and He gives us prosperity and He gives us good, a, you know, a good spouse, good children, good parents, and we have no difficulty in this world and we spend our life heedless of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, then you can then you know what our final abode will be. But if we are in that circumstance and in that circumstance we thank Allah constantly, regularly say, Ya Allah, this is because of you, this is because of you, this is because of you, I thank you, I thank you, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. And you know what our destination will be. It'll be a promising one. You know, on the flip side, if you have been given the most difficult life, the most difficult life with difficulty after calamity, after difficulty, after calamity, it just keeps coming down and coming down upon you. Yet despite this, you say, Alhamdulillah, what difference does it make? This world is just a few years. What difference does it make if I just have some difficulty for a few years? Alhamdulillah, Ya Allah, I am so thankful to you that you have given me Iman and you still have not taken that away. Meaning nothing should shake us, nothing should, should weaken us, nothing should cause us distress. If our Iman is with us, then just say Alhamdulillah. And if that person says Alhamdulillah constantly, is just thanking Allah for whatever circumstance that person is given, then you can imagine that their destination can only be paradise. You can imagine that their destination can only be paradise. Because this world is just a test. And what comes and goes, Allah Ta'ala knows. He has wisdom and we don't have wisdom. He knows what's best for us, He doesn't, and we don't know what's best for us. Some people will get will get will have comfort and ease in this world, some people will have difficulty in the hereafter. But the difficulty uh, sorry, some people will have comfort and ease in this world, some people will have difficulty in this world. More importantly, our focus should be that we don't have any difficulty in the hereafter. That's what our focus should be. We don't want calamities and difficulties in the hereafter. Because if it happens there, the severity is far worse than we can even imagine. Far worse than we can even imagine. It comes in hadith. The Prophet says that on the Day of Judgment, the, um, the king, uh, or sorry, the, the most uh, comfortable person on this planet, the one who had received every single luxury Possible. They had everything. They had money, wealth, family, respect, honor, dignity, prosperity. They had every single thing. Every single thing. And that person in their comfort will be dipped. Will be dipped into Jahannam, into the fire of hell. For just a moment, literally just put in and pulled right out. Pull, put in for just a, a moment and taken right out. And it will be asked of that person, did you experience any pleasure or comfort in that previous world. Again, 60, 80 years they lived just a life of luxury, comfort, like the king, you know, the kings of the past. Everything was taken care of. And that person will place just a single moment in the fire of hell and take it out and it'll be asked to that person, did you ever experience any pleasure in that previous life? And that person will say, Ya Allah, I did not experience even a single pleasure in that in that life. Meaning that, that the, the, the difficulty of just a moment in the fire of hell will wipe away the memory of an entire lifetime of comfort and luxury and bliss. One moment in the fire of hell. And then on the day of judgment, the same, a person will be brought 
who will have undergone every single difficulty possible in this life. And the, what, what, the, what the mind can possibly fathom, that person will have gone through that difficulty in this life. Fam, they have, you know, difficulties with family, difficulties with wealth, difficulty with honor, dignity, all of these things. Just lived a very difficult life. And that person for a moment, just a moment, so they, they lived in this life like it was hell for them. For a moment, they will be dipped into the Garden of Jannah. Just for a moment, not kept there, take a good look around. One moment, dipped in and taken out. And it'll be asked of that person, in your previous life, did you face any difficulty, any calamity, any any hardship at all? And that person will say, Ya Allah, I didn't face a single difficulty. I can't recall any difficulty or hardship from my previous life. Not a single thing. One moment in the garden of paradise will be so pleasurable for them, they will have forgotten the 80 or 100 or 120 years of difficulty of this world. You can imagine the extremes that we're talking about. The comfort and luxury of this world compared to the comfort and luxury of the hereafter is nothing. There's nothing that one difficulty in the fire of hell is wiping away all the comforts of this world. And the difficulty, the degree of difficulty and calamities that can befall us in this world are nothing compared to the difficulties that are waiting for certain people in the fire of hell. So we should be people that are always thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Always thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No matter what circumstance we're in, no matter what situation we're in, comfort, ease, luxury, difficulty, it makes no difference. We should always be thankful of Allah that, Ya Allah, at least you preserve my iman so that my difficulty in the hereafter won't be there. You can, whatever difficulty I get here, no problem. I can bear with it. It'll, maybe physically it will be difficult. Emotionally, I'll be stressed out. All of these things. But ultimately, as long as I have you, as long as I have you on my side, what difference does it make? And that person praises Allah. The person that will be called on the day of judgment toward the gardens of paradise first, before anyone else. Before anyone else, that person will be called first. It will be that person that praises and thanks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala both in times of difficulty and in times of peace. Now the Prophet that had experienced a tremendous amount of difficulty. And I just want to share this story, inshallah, and then we'll wrap things up. A prophet that had, shared that had experienced tremendous difficulty in this world, and is an example for us of how to persevere through times of difficulty, is, is Prophet Ayyub alayhi salam. Prophet Ayyub alayhi salam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in there about him, وَذْكُرْ عَبْدَنَا Ayyub in the Qur'an. Remember our servant Ayyub. The Prophet Ayyub was a prophet that had gone through extreme difficulty. So he had started off his life. He himself was a descendant of Ibrahim And he, Allah Ta'ala, had given him abundant riches. He was very wealthy. Like, you know, millionaire type wealthy, if not more. Very wealthy. And he had he had kids. You know, like kids that were uh, that were uh, he, had, he had great kids that were respectful and obedient and all of these things. He had a great spouse. He had a lot of friends. He had good health. I mean, everything was working for him. Everything. Allah Ta'ala just blessed him and blessed him and blessed him. And he was very thankful of Allah Ta'ala during this time. He was very thankful of Allah Ta'ala during this time. So once there was a discussion amongst a group of angels, and they were talking about Ayyub uh, And they're saying, this person is so special. Of all the people on earth, this person is very special. There's just something about him. He's an excellent role model. He's very patient. He's very thankful of Allah. He's never selfish. Allah's given him all this wealth, and he always just gives it away. And when he does give his wealth away, he doesn't make 
the recipient feel bad that they had to receive the the recipient feels as if he's actually they're actually doing a favor upon him. He gives clothes to the poor. He's just he's just a great person overall. So Iblis, who's the the leader of the Shayateen, he heard this, and he became very annoyed, and he decided that he wanted to distract Ayub alayhi salam from. Uh, he wanted to distract Ayub alayhi salam from his prayers and all of these things in life. So he tried to distract him, but Ayub alayhi salam, Prophet Ayub, he was never distracted. He was again firm in his salah, remembrance of the of Allah subhanahu wa taala. There was nothing that was going to shake him, despite the distractions that Iblis would bring forth. So Ayyub remained steadfast. And then Shaytan complained to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Shaytan complained to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he said to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this servant of yours, Ayyub, who's a prophet, this servant of yours, Ayyub, he's worshipping you so much because of his wealth. You've given him all this wealth, it makes sense that he's going to worship you. He wants to thank you for the wealth that you have given him. But trust me, if that wealth was taken away, then he'll stop. He'll recognize, he'll feel like, oh, Allah Ta'ala took away my wealth, what's the point of me continuing to worship him? So, so Shaitan is saying this to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala knows best, and he's saying, there's no way that this is the reason that my Ayyub is worshipping me. But he tells Shaitan, that's fine, you can do what you want. If you want to take away his wealth, go ahead and take away his wealth, and let's see what happens. So Shaitan gathered his henchmen all together, and they destroyed like the cattle farms. It was a source of Ayyub Salam's wealth. And they, they completely destroyed it so that his wealth was completely gone. He went from you know riches to rags just like that. Just like that, riches to rags. Shaitan bringing this upon him to show Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or trying to show Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that this is the reason he's been worshipping you all along because he had a life of comfort. He had a life of luxury. So after this was taken away from him, Shaitan came to Ayyub alayhi salam and he... Um, he came to him in the in the form of a very wise man. He said to uh, Ayyub alayhi salam, Your Allah Ta'ala has taken away your wealth. Your Allah Ta'ala has taken away your wealth. What's the point of you praising him any longer? What's the point? You 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 you, you, you given you all this wealth, you were praying to him as in thanks for him, you were thanking him, you were you were uh, doing dhikr of him because he's given you all this wealth. He's taking this all away. What's the point of you continuing this further? Ayyub subhanAllah, his response, all his wealth is taken away, again, from riches to rags, millionaire to not having a penny. And Ayyub says to Shaytan, to this person, to this wise man who's, who's Shaytan, he says, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken away from me belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It was his to begin with, the wealth that he had given me was his to begin with. If he chooses to take it back, then that's up to him. Whatever wealth Allah ta'ala has given us in this world is from what Allah has given us. And if he chooses not to give us, then he doesn't have to give it to us. Ultimately, it's Allah Ta'ala's wealth. So Ayyub so wisely, so wisely says, he said, this is Allah's wealth. What difference does it make? If he wants to take it away, he can take it back. There's no way that this is touching my thinking of Allah. There's no way this is going to touch my prayers. There's no way this is going to touch my dhikr. There's no way. This is just wealth. This is monetary. It's Allah Ta'ala's. If he wants it, he'll take it back. So Ayyub remained very firm. So then Shaitan went back to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala and he complained. And he told Allah, he told Allah that your your servant Ayyub, the reason he's actually it's not his well, the reason he's actually continuing to praise you and thank you is because of the children you've given him. You've given him great children. They're so respectful, they're they have a lot of adab, they're just good personalities, and, and he has that, and because you've given them that, that's the reason that he's continuing to worship you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he doesn't know what he's talking about. 
This is my ayyub. There's no way that anything is going to shake this person. So Allah Ta'ala says, okay, if that's what you think, then go ahead. I'll give you permission to do what you need with his children. So shaitan then uh, uh, comes back to the earth. And he arranges for the house, the foundation of the house of Ayyub to uh, um, fall upon itself. Right? So it, it essentially it implodes upon itself. And his children were inside and all of his children died. Like that. All his children died. Just like that. Imagine, I mean, if anyone uh, has ever experienced the death of a child, I haven't, but if I'm just interacting with people, this, it's the most difficult thing that one could ever experience. Right? It's just so difficult. Because the relationship that a parent has with their child is is uncomparable. There's no other relationship, right? There's no other relationship like that. No, it's not a sibling, not even a child for their parent. The love that a parent has for a child is so strong that when a child is taken away, their life feels empty for the, for the rest of the time. So Ayyub didn't lose one children or two children. He lost all of his children, just like that. So Shaitan then goes to Ayyub and he comes again as a wise he comes as a wise man and he says to Ayyub Look, you've taken Allah Ta'ala's taken your children away. Allah Ta'ala's taken your children away. What's the use of you continuing to worship him? What's the use? He gave you his children, they were the ones that were giving you comfort, they were the ones that were giving you that sense of, of ease. And now Allah Ta'ala's taking that Allah's taking that away from you. What's what's the point of you continuing to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, whether something appears to be beneficial or harmful, I don't know. I don't know what the benefit is in this. There might be some benefit. Whatever it might be, because this came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I'll take it. I'll take it. And he continued to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even this circumstance, this event, didn't shake Ayyub alayhi salam. Now, of course, you know, when the person loses their child, it's very difficult. But our, if this ever happens to us, the first response, inshallah, it doesn't. If it ever happens, so it's the first response should be, Alhamdulillah, Ya Allah, you know what is best. I don't know what is best. I don't know what is best. Perhaps this child would have grown up to be someone who who lost their uh, connection with you. And, in, and instead, they lost their iman altogether, and then their final abode would have been the fire of hell. But you took away my child at this age, because when a child dies before they hit the age of puberty, that they're guaranteed Jannah. Maybe this is a blessing that I'm just not able to see right now. So the first response should be, Alhamdulillah, no matter the difficulty. Ayyub lost all his children, and he tells, he tells this person, who shaitan is dressed as, he said, I don't know, I don't know what's beneficial or what's harmful. This is from Allah. This is from Allah, what difference does it make? I'm so pleased with my Lord. He's the one that gave me life. He's the one that's going to take me back. What difference does it make? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, as the verse in the Quran says, Hasbunallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala suffices me. Throw whatever difficulty you want my way, whatever calamity you want. If I have Allah Ta'ala on my side, and He is Ni'mal Waqeed, the best of my guardians, and who am I to question what He chooses to give and not give me in this life? Who am I to question what He takes away or continues to give me in this life? What do I know? So anyways, this happens. So Shaitan goes back to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And then he complains. He said, you know what, it wasn't, it wasn't his money, it wasn't his wealth, it, it, it wasn't his children. In reality, it's his good health. He was very healthy. Ayyub was, was was very healthy. Allah Ta'ala gave him great health. So he says to this person, it wasn't it wasn't his uh, wealth or she was his health. But trust me, if his health was taken away, then he will uh, he will lose his uh, uh, then he will he will stop what he's doing. He'll no longer be this kind of a person. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again knows he knows he knows that this is his servant Ayyub and this isn't the case. But he says to him, You're welcome to do what you can with his health, but don't touch his heart 
Don't touch his soul. Don't touch his intellect. Because with these things, a person isn't able to actually worship, right? So don't, don't mess with these things. Leave those alone, but you can do whatever you want with his health. I give you authority over his, his physical body. So Shaitan does just that. He begins, he, he, he plans and figures out ways that his health is taken away. And the health of a person is, you know, often the one thing that creates the most distress. I mean, if you've ever, if you've ever been to a hospital, there's some wards where patients just have these chronic illnesses and you just see that they're in the hospital all day, all month. I mean, we have a lot of these patients that literally months and months they'll be in the hospital just, just waiting for their treatment or waiting for their transplant or whatever. They're just so sick, they're so ill, and that's when they lose the most hope out of anything because the health is what they have. They can't run anymore. They can't go outside anymore. They can't go in the sun anymore. They can't interact with people without wearing a mask anymore. Right? All of these things, for instance, someone's immunocompromised. So his health begins to take, be taken away such that Ayyub loses everything that he has that he literally becomes skin and bone. And not a single organ of his body is spared, except for his tongue and his heart and his mind. And as a result of him losing this, all of his friends also abandoned him. So he had friends as well. Again, he was a popular person. Everyone respected him. But when someone comes to that condition, then oftentimes the friends begin to separate. And that's when you know who's a true friend who's not. But his friends begin to separate from him altogether. They stopped visiting him, all of these things. The only person that was left was his wife. His wife was the only one who was still there supporting him. And so Ayyub despite this condition, continued to praise and do the good of Allah. Shaitan's very frustrated. I took away his wealth, all that he was given, this millionaire, I took it away and he's still praising and remembering Allah. I took away his children and he's still praising and remembering Allah. And now I've taken away his health and yet he's still praising and remembering Allah. So there's something about this person. So Shaitan goes to Ayyub's wife. And she and he starts to talk to her and give her whispers. And he reminds her of the good old days, the days of prosperity, where your children were loving you and respecting you, where the entire community had honored you, where you had all this wealth and comfort and luxury. And so he goes to his wife, who's very patient to this point. And so she begins to think, man, he's right. These whispers, what I'm hearing is correct. In reality, this is so difficult. And if Ayyub just for a moment even complained to Allah or even made a dua to Allah, that, Ya Allah, can you just return back what you've given to me? Allah Ta'ala would have given it. But through this time of difficulty, he didn't even complain to Allah. He didn't have the nerve to ask Allah to give it back. So she goes to Ayyub and she says to Ayyub, she, she says, you know, why are you going through this difficulty? Why are you putting this upon yourself? If you were just to turn to Allah and ask him, Allah Ta'ala would replace all of these things. SubhanAllah. Ayyub response is so beautiful. He says to his wife, he's, he's not, he, he doesn't like what she has to say. But he asks her, he said, how long did Allah Ta'ala give me a comfortable life? One of comfort, luxury, ease, wealth, prosperity, children. How long did he give it to me? She said, 80 years. 80 years Allah Ta'ala had given them. So then he asks her, and how long did Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala give me this life? Or how long was I given? Or how long have I been in this life of difficulty? How long have I been in this life of difficulty with health, being gone, children, etc.? She says to him, seven years. Seven years, she said. Seven years you've been like this. He said, you know, I just don't have the nerve to ask Allah. Allah Ta'ala gave me 80 years, at least until 80 years passed by where I have that level, the same, this level of difficulty for an equivalent time for the comfort and luxury that I had. I just don't have the nerve to ask Allah SubhanAllah. I just can't do it. It's just not in me. I am so content with what Allah has given me. So content. Everything is from Allah. Why, why should I ask for anything? Allah Ta'ala knows what's best. He knows what's beneficial. He knows what's harm. He knows everything. You might have said I didn't have the nerve. 
he was very upset with what she had suggested and offered to him that he that she had to leave the home. He wasn't he didn't want to see her anymore because he was that attached to Allah that he didn't even want that. Eventually, she had left, and Ayub has a conversation with Allah. Now he finally makes a statement. It's not even a dua. He says. Uh, the verily distress from the evil one has befallen me. And you are the most merciful to those who show mercy. Look at how he's wording it. He's not even requesting that Allah Ta'ala change his condition. Although it's permissible. If we are in difficulty, it's, you know, in a way, even it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with asking Allah to alleviate that situation. But first things first, he says that this evil one has brought all this difficulty to me. But you are the most merciful of the most merciful. You are so merciful. Allah Ta'ala loved this statement so much. He loved this response of Ayyub so much. He says, that He says, kick the ground and, and water will come from it. And drink that water and that will be a heal for all of this calamity in this life. Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala gave this to him. Ayyub took part of that. And everything returned back to Ayyub His wealth came back to him. His he had children that had come to him. Or new children that, that were... That, that he now had, he uh, was given his honor, his respect, his dignity, everything was returned back to Ayyub But this, this was a story of perseverance and patience. There's so many lessons we can learn from this story. That Allah Ta'ala at times takes, sometimes it's through shaitan, but Allah Ta'ala at times will present us with difficulty. And our response is what we're going to be asked about in the Day of Judgment. It's not the actual difficulty itself, it's how we responded to that difficulty. If we respond to things with anger, with, with, with uh, over-excitement, or if we respond to things with complaining about situations, etc., Allah Ta'ala doesn't like that. And on the Day of Judgment, it will be asked, I gave you the difficulty, what did you do? Did you recite, inna lillahi wa inna raji'un, that ultimately I'm to come from Allah and ultimately I'm to go back to Allah? Or did you say words, did you, did you swear, did you cuss, did you do all of these things? Were you just complaining and bickering about the, the situation that you had? Or were you thankful of me? Did you say, that Allah Ta'ala suffices me and He is the best of guardians, He knows what is best, what do I know? Was that your response? And if that is our response, in times of difficulty and in times of ease, times of prosperity, times of comfort, that we praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we will be the first people to be called to our Jannah. We will be the first people to be called to our Jannah. So regardless of the circumstance that Allah puts us in, whatever it might be, if it's comfort and luxury and ease and prosperity, we should be regularly thanking Allah. Just say, Alhamdulillah, Ya Allah, you've given me this, I am so thankful to you. And if Allah ta'ala decides to take that away from you at some point, the response should be the same. Ya Allah, alhamdulillah, I am so thankful to you that you are giving me this difficulty now, but in the day of judgment, you won't give me this difficulty because I'm responding to you in praise. And on the flip side, you'll actually call me first towards your garden of paradise. That's the final abode. If we continue to focus on this world and thinking that the pleasures of this world actually mean something, or that we're thinking that the difficulties of this world actually mean something, then we are forgetting what the reality is of the comforts of the hereafter. That's eternity. What's 60 years of difficulty now when we can get a thousand years of comfort in the hereafter? Five million years of comfort in the hereafter. What difference does it make? What difference does it make? Continue to remember Allah. Continue to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in times of difficulty and in times of ease. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to remember him regularly and abundantly. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to be thankful toward him in this life such that we will be called toward his gardens in the day of judgment first. 
May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to learn from the life the teachings of his all of his prophets alayhi wa salam wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen